welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome back to the Built on Air podcast, season 12, episode nine. Good to be with you again, live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. We've got a great show for you today. Myself and Ali are back again. Welcome back, Ali. Hello. Thank you. And we have special guests with us, Julian Post. Welcome, Julian. Hi, everybody. Good to have you with us. We will learn more about Julian and his story. He's got a very, very exciting story to share with us, and we will learn more about that later in the show. So stick around. As always, the Built on Air podcast is a weekly show about an hour long. We talk about all things Airtable and go through a couple segments. I'll talk about what we're going to be doing today. We always start with our round the bases, keep you up to date on what's new and fresh in the Airtable communities. Then we'll do a spotlight on our primary sponsor, Onto Air. Then we'll learn about Julian and his story and how he came into the world of Airtable. And then Julian will share some cool tricks uh, and automations in dealing with uh, looping or overcoming uh, the lack of looping in Airtable. And then a quick shout out to our community at Built on Air. And then Ali will walk us through Softer, softer softer.io and how that works. So great show for you. Let's begin with our round the bases and see what's going on. Uh, another relatively quiet um, front on, on the Airtable world. There was this tidbit from Jan, friend of the show, databaser in the community. Um, and he shows a snippet. This is inside the forms. There's now this toggle that says collect respondent email addresses automatically, sign in required. And so he has this um, showing up on at least some forms. I have not seen this yet. Have either of you seen this in your forms? No. No, I haven't. But I could imagine that that would be super powerful with the new um, interface permissions. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what it does is, and he talks through this use case of basically kind of using using this feature as kind of a portal um, feature. But basically what it does is if you turn this on, 
then in order to fill out the form, somebody has to have an Airtable account. Mm -hmm. And um, so they'll sign up. And then when they fill out the form, you can, I, I believe you can specify a email field and it will put the email of the logged in user into that record that it creates. Mm -hmm. And um, so he talks about it kind of a use case, kind of like, can I build this? And like, is this possible to use this as kind of a mini, mini portal um, solution and kind of walks through the, the use case for that and how you can then tie that so they could potentially, you could pre-fill a form, they could um, fill it out and it's tied to their user email and then use that email to tie it back to a record to update via an automation or something. Um, so that is possible. You could also do that now with like the record ID, although that's maybe a little less secure because the record ID would be in the URL. Um, but so this is a little bit more of a secure approach. <clears throat> yeah, I think, does he talk a little any about like if you're actually adding them as a user to. Like... So I don't know if it adds them as a user to the base, maybe as a read only user. Um, right, that's, I mean, that's what I was thinking about is like, it could get dangerous if, I mean, I don't think it would actually add them. That's just thinking through logically, but something I was thinking about trying out the other day was using like, you can create a link to like a, a share link that actually is, it prompts somebody to log in and it, you've already like set it up to be a read only user. That's right. kind of something I was trying to, I was thinking about playing with. I haven't had a chance to yet, but I wonder just tying this in with that a little in my head. <laughs> yeah. Jan might be listening, watching the show. If you are comment Jan and let us know, I believe he says right here. Um, so no access to the base. So it looks like they create, you know, it, it, it's really good, like a growth marketing tool for Airtable because they're getting people to, to create Airtable accounts, but it looks like it doesn't add you as a read only or any kind of user to the base itself. Which it just, I would expect. Yeah. Yeah. But you do get their email as part of the form submission. So that's cool. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. So that's a cool little feature. We'll see as that rolls out. Some people are mentioning it's not, it's not available to everyone. So they might just be doing some maybe testing with it. So give it a try if you have access to it. Um, and, and that's where, when was it a couple months, well, maybe six months ago, they changed the created by to where it can be an email address of somebody that doesn't have uh, access to the base. So they don't have to be a user to show up in the created by. It could just be a, an email. Okay. Um, and so this plays off of that. Maybe that was a precursor to, to building this kind of functionality. Definitely. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Check that out. <clears throat> Thanks, Jan, for, uh, for addressing that. So yeah, that was the only kind of announcement that I saw from, from Airtable. Well, this isn't from Airtable, but any changes or updates, I take that back. I'm going to jump. Uh, there is one more. Um, so we talked about this, but last Tuesday after the show, 
it did go live the ability to um specify a time zone um oh that's awesome yeah and so now you can pick one time zone that it shows for everybody in that time zone and displays the time zone Mm-hmm. So that's been in beta for a while, but it looks like it, it went uh, to everyone on Tuesday. Yeah, That was a very needed feature. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. There is still, you, you can't specify this um, if there's no time, which you would think you wouldn't need to, but we're actually running into a bug. I think we've got it resolved for Ontario forms, but it's related to, there's still issues with full dates without time and time zones where it might show up a day later or day before. And I've seen people in the community talk about that issue as well. Yeah. Maddening. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's still something to, to be aware of, even if you're not using times. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And with automations, sometimes like if it's, you know, an automation based on changing from one day to another, then it does it in, in Greenwich Mean Time. Yep. 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 Absolutely. So yeah, we'll see. I haven't I haven't heard of many um many complaints uh like on the forums of this like breaking stuff or anything. Um so seems yeah. to be a relatively good one. Yeah they rolled out um when they rolled out this update they they made it non-breaking so that any fields that you have currently that are date fields or date time fields, um, if you're still trying to update them with the API, you still can in the same way. That's at least my understanding. Everything kind of works with the same way until you update that field or create a new one, then the changes take effect. Mm, gotcha. I think that's if I read it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. By default, the way it handled before this was your local time was the mm-hmm. default time zone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed. Uh, tell me if I'm crazy or not, but I think at one point within you know the last five years or so, there people have been wanting a uh, date format. You know that like first drop down in that screenshot there, um, where it says local. Mm-hmm. They couldn't have it have a European display like it would like today would be what's today the eighth they would say like eight yeah. eleven instead of eleven eight but like you can now is that new i don't know i i just noticed the other day one of my colleagues that works in ireland was like he sent me a screenshot and said it said 31 10 2022 on halloween and i was mm-hmm. like like i didn't think that that because i remember people wanting that as an option but I don't know if they silently released it. I don't know if anyone's watching and knows. But either I way. Feel, I know. Yeah, it's definitely an option now. I feel like it's always been an option. I think people wanted a way to like mass do that for all dates in oh, the base or your account or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you don't have to go to each one individually. But I think it's always been there. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, not using it myself. <laughs> yeah. So that, um, yeah, so that's new as of last week. So try that out. Definitely comes in handy. Now might be a good time to talk about. So today is potentially a big day. It mm-hmm. was, it was, I'll give a shout out to um, 
um, to Justin, who who named it uh, Armageddon. <clears throat> Justin on a call last week named this uh, Armageddon. Justin Barrett and uh, and so we'll see. So what that's referring to is the attachments. Uh, today is supposed to be the day when attachments switch over to to expiring URLs. Mm -hmm. um, so I have I didn't look this morning to see if that's the case, but likely sometime today. So. I did look. My links still work. My that my I have a few formulas that are referencing attachment fields, and they are working as of right before we started this podcast. So yeah. I'm going to keep looking at them throughout the day just to check yeah. it out. Yeah. But. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I know that will have some ripple effects and, and, um, <clears throat> and uh, Kavan says she's not seeing any difference yet in URLs. So excellent. That is good. <clears throat> so we shall see. We'll definitely talk about that next week and see how bad it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next, let's pull up from Twitter. Uh, I always like to see like discussions of of what's going on in the Twitter universe. People talking about Airtable. This is a uh, venture capitalist talking about um, how to organize founder company notes and and getting people's feedback on Airtable versus Notion, and um, some pretty interesting conversation. At first, she said, uh, "Looks like Notion's the winner." Which probably for if if you're talking about like storing notes and whatnot, you know, Airtable probably isn't the best note solution. Mm -hmm. um, document driven. Um, Notion's definitely more in that in that realm. <clears throat> yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. There are some people that said team Airtable and shared some some cool links um, with some templates. So if you're in the world of investing and want to track all your stuff, there's this one. There's also, um, I think we shared this last week, this Alex Oppenheimer shared his um, bases for how he does his angel investing mm -hmm. and some other. And then there's also people that jump in with Coda and saying, Coda, you can do both, best of both. I haven't tried Coda since I abandoned it like a year and a half ago. I think they've made some cool big changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see like nobody, you know, there's the there's like those passionate about it. Like here's one um Coda. And there's definitely a very passionate but it doesn't seem to get the widespread adoption that Notion and and Airtable have. <laughs> yeah. Like Go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, Notion like has people love it. Like it's it's crazy how much um, just on social media, especially like on YouTube and on TikTok, people are really into Notion. And so I think it is a fun. It's a fun comparison to make to Airtable, even though in many ways they're so different. Yeah. Um, but once people get into Notion and start using the database features in it, then you can be like you should really check out Airtable because you can do that and like a thousand times more. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and if it's anything sure. like Coda, when you use the database features or like the tables in Coda, it affects the performance like very 
hardcore. Huh. <laughs> um, or it did at the time when I was using it a lot. You can't do any of the like complex things you can in Airtable without it slowing down. That's funny to hear that Airtable is the faster solution because Airtable can also slow down. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But I think they've made a bunch of performance enhancements across the board, both Coda and Airtable, which is good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I always interest. I imagine, Julian, have you gone into doing posts for other platforms or you still? Notion is the only one that I do. Um, okay. And that's, I try to keep to stuff that I use a lot. And I, uh-huh. and I do use Notion a lot, like any kind of note taking um, I do with Notion. Um, and I th- like my best performing video on YouTube is a Notion video. <laughs> Even though most of my videos are about Airtable. But I, again, I think it's it's fun to kind of try to poach Notion users um, mm-hmm. once I start using databases. <laughs> yeah. And they're very complimentary too. Like um, in my previous business that I'll talk about later, um, I set up a whole dashboard that had a lot of like Airtable extensions embedded in the Notion base because it's just a nice way to have like a public dashboard, you know, which interfaces kind of um has somewhat taken the place of but you still can't just make them publicly available to anyone mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's my impression I, I i like notion i use it as well um for documentation i don't think i'd use it for like workflow operations um i think Airtable is a better solution there but Anyways, here's a good um, question coming from the uh, Reddit community. Which Airtable topic is the most difficult to understand? And so this is a vote. It looks like um, base design and integrations are are the the most on on this voting. What what would you vote for? Julian, I'd be curious on your post, what what are most people asking for explanations on? I love this poll. that's a great, great thing to know what people are struggling with. I, I think I would agree that, I mean, base design, like it depends obviously on how complicated your use case is, but I love that people are focused on that because that's a lot of like what I try to do when I'm working with clients is be really focused on, um, you know, educating people on the importance of base design and what, you know, the different consequences are. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those where to do it well, like to do it quick and dirty, it's pretty easy to jump in, but to really, if it gets complex, that definitely can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some good, good dialogue in here. What do you think, Allie? What's most difficult for you? Um, for me, um, I mean, I, I've never, I've, I've, uh, blah, blah, I can't speak probably custom extensions that, that I've never even dove into that world, but that's not really the average Airtable users world, but base design is something I see most of my clients struggling with and not yeah. really understanding, um, linking relationships and when you need another table versus a view. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Brian Kinney jumping in. Interesting. See, voting is really close except for import export. 
that seems to be straightforward. Although there are definitely some some challenges with that as well. I'm guessing people just don't use it that often. <clears throat> but yeah, automations, integrations, yeah, integrations. Um, although he doesn't have uh, interfaces on this poll, I'd probably put interfaces on there. <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A whole definitely... new world. I know. <laughs> so much to do. <clears throat> Very cool. All right, we've got one more before we move on. Um, this is, comes from the Built On Air community. A mm -hmm. uh, friend of the show, Russell Bishop, asked, does anyone have a friendly repl replicable solution for currency conversion? So if you're looking to do currency conversion, there's some really good um, thoughts on this, Scott and Cherry, and then Andy who built Data Fetcher um, shows how to do that in Data Fetcher, which somebody else I think pointed out, um, but some cool stuff on there. But the one thing that I thought was interesting in this was his final comment of why aren't we all sharing synced bases with helper data in it, like currency conversions, holidays, date periods. It's a good idea. I think built on air, maybe we should do that. <laughs> that would be really cool, actually. I would love that. Um, I think also just to add to that list, I'm not sure if they've updated the examples, but in the scripting extension, Airtable comes with a built-in example on calling a free API to get a conversion rate. Oh, cool. um, so that's, that's, I think it's called currency converter if you're looking in the... Mm add a new scripting extension and then look at the examples um i'm just verifying that as i'm speaking but yeah. mm -hmm. i think also you can go yeah currency converter and it calls an api exchange rate dot host api dot exchange rate dot host and then i've i have taken that and turned it into a cron job um in a couple of bases where it like runs every 15 minutes or every hour and updates a summary record so just one table one record on a table so it just has the current for whatever that is that i'm tracking like euros for example nice nice yeah so there's some some alternative options out there <clears throat> um brian mentions yeah for some things like that idea of sharing there might be licensing issues where you can't redistribute data so that might make an issue with um, sharing data like that, but be, it would definitely be interesting to have a central base of like common data that, that people could sync in, especially when they come out with their new feature of kind of that, um, what do they call the data? The one source, that new feature that they announced. Verified uh, data. Verified data, that's it. <clears throat> yeah, if, if they'll have like common verified data sources that'd be cool very cool all right that concludes um round the bases of what's going on in the Airtable communities let us know if we missed anything we'd love to talk about anything relevant of what's going on in any communities so feel free to send us uh topics on what we should be talking about with that, let's move on to Onto Air, primary sponsor. Onto Air is an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps that enable any business dependent on Airtable to 
take their table to the next level. So check it out if you are using Airtable to run your business at ontoair.com. We are continuing our discussion. We are in a private beta of our new um, forms application and getting great feedback from users and getting um, people starting to use it in production. Uh, still have a few bugs and kinks to work out. So still keeping it in private beta till everything's kind of smooth, smoothened out and um, ready for that. But we are open to getting people into it. So if you want to try it out, uh, reach out and we'll give you access to it. But just wanted to show kind of um, one thing that, that it can do. So when you add your fields, um, you can obviously add any Airtable field. And this shows you all the fields in your base that you could add to your form. Or we also, I wanted to highlight um, our custom fields that you can add. So right now we um, have three custom fields over time. We'll add more, but these are things like adding a block of text that you can insert into your form or a divider to separate out um, your, your forms into different groupings or our custom formula that can do um, dynamic on the fly formula, anything from Excel like formulas we can generate on the fly to display or calculate your data from your form um, instantly. So it's just gonna showcase our divider. Um, so you can do some cool stuff with that. <clears throat> um, you can, so this would typically be used to, get some more room here, um, used to separate out your groupings. By default, it's just a single line there, but you can actually add text to, um, to separate it out <clears throat> like that. You can create separators, you can, uh, stylize it. You can put it on the left or right. You can increase the font size, make it super big. <clears throat> and so some cool stuff you can do there. I'll also put it in a badge. And um, so, yeah, so cool stuff you can do with our separator, our, our divider widgets as long, along with our other custom ones. And um, we have some plans to add more to that list of custom fields in addition to all of the, the fields that are available in Airtable. So check it out on tear.com, reach out and we will get you access to our private beta. You can start playing with it and using it. Very cool. With that, let's move on. And we're going to meet our expert with us, Julian. Julian, welcome to the show officially. We love Julian. Tell us your story. How you, where you, uh, I know you have an interesting previous life. Tell us, walk us through how you get, came into this world. Sure. Yeah. So um, my, my background is in sustainable agriculture. Um, that's what I went to college for. And I worked as a researcher, um, it focused on hops production. So hops are uh, one of the main ingredients in beer. And uh, it's a really cool plant. It grows 18 feet tall. Um, so it grows on a trellis. It's like a very tall vineyard. Um, and most hop farms are in the Pacific Northwest. There are very few in the Northeast. Um, and so 
while I was a researcher, I, I met a guy who um, was interested in starting a, a farm, uh, a hop farm. Um, he actually used to live in Europe and there's lots of hops grown there too. And so when he moved back to Vermont, he was curious why he didn't see any, any hops. Um, so anyway, we, we started this, this hop farm that is now the largest hop farm in New England. Um, it's, you know, uh, New England, most farms in New England are a pretty different scale than those Pacific Northwest farms still. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we work with uh, lots of brewers in uh, the state of Vermont, the majority of the brewers in Vermont, uh, some in New Hampshire, Alley, uh, don't ask me their names. I, I knew there's one called Reckless Brewing. Do you know that one? I don't, I don't, but in Vermont, do you, do you work with Fiddlehead? Uh, we haven't worked with, uh, they, they may have done like a one-off beer. Um, cool. Do you know like uh, Foam or Burlington Beer yep. Company? I've been to Foam. Or Lawson's? Yep. That's awesome. That's really um, cool. Yeah. So we, so um, I did that for, um, for five years. And during that time, um, all my systems were, were based in Excel and actually another farmer friend of mine um, started using Airtable and she is like the most efficient organized person I know. And so when I saw that she was using it, I knew I should check it out. Um, and the rest is history. I uh, immediately became obsessed and put all of our systems into it. So at the farm, um, our inventory, customer database, I tracked a lot of like crop information through it um, and we also did payroll um, which is part of what I'm going to show you later um, so basically um, you know a lot of people were hourly on the farm and so they tracked all of their hours uh, through Airtable forms um, so anyway I uh, got super into it and then um, last summer I started a, a TikTok account just sharing tips about how to use Airtable uh, which ended up doing pretty well. And that's was kind of the catalyst for um, eventually striking out as an Airtable consultant. Um, I started to get clients through through TikTok and then I eventually decided to to go full time doing that work. Did you go into the TikTok? Was that just kind of for fun? Like was the plan to kind of go into the consulting world and step away or did that just happen? Yeah, I, um, so I, I just moved to New York City also, and that was kind of on my mind of like, how can I uh, figure out a career move that will land me in New York City? And, um, and so that was, <laughs> it was kind of backed out from there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know that there was a ton of intention behind the TikTok, but it was definitely like, you know, that would be cool if this turned into, you know, something that would lead towards, uh, yeah, towards that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If people haven't checked out your uh, TikTok, they've got some pretty funny videos on there. Um, spend a lot of time. Tell me about that experience. What's it been like being a TikTok celebrity? <laughs> uh, TikTok is really fun. It's, um, it's also a black hole. Like you can get sucked in and lose hours of your life uh, very easily. Um, but it's got a ton of creativity and just has a good vibe in general, I think. 
um, you know, in comparison to some other social media platforms. Um, so it, it's been really fun to be a part of that community. Um, I think one other really cool thing about TikTok is that it's very focused on discoverability. And so it's good for things that are not like in the general, um, like, I don't know, brain yet, like that people just haven't heard of yet, um, which is very much what Airtable is. It's like so many people, when they discover that they can do certain things in Airtable, their mind is blown and they're like so excited about it. And so I think it is a really good platform for that. Um, I've actually recently over in the past four months been spending a lot of time creating YouTube videos because just, you know, the long form and full screen nature is a lot easier to teach some more technical stuff in Airtable. Um, so they all have their place, but, uh, but yeah, TikTok is really fun. Yeah. And, and that's really the, the primary driver for uh, the consulting business. That's where most of your, your leads come from. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, now referrals, but, um, but definitely yeah, the, any kind of like cold leads, I guess you could say are through TikTok or, or YouTube. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So YouTube and you doing shorts on YouTube or just all long form? I've started to repost the TikToks on there. Um, yeah, I think shorts is cool. One cool thing about the YouTube shorts is that you can connect them to your long form video or like you can basically cut up a long form video into a short and then mm -hmm. if people want to watch the whole thing, they can click to it. Um, so it's a fun kind of way to preview a full you know a full video yeah yeah i know that's something i've been meaning to do with our with our show and cut it up but just haven't had the time to to go down that path <clears throat> oh yeah you could have some great highlights yeah yeah definitely have the highlight reel so what what's the future what what do you see yourself doing with this now that you've got kind of a platform <clears throat> I am right now I'm really interested in YouTube because like I said, just because it's kind of gives you a little bit more ability to to share, you know, longer form stuff and and get into more technical stuff. So I'm really into that. <laughs> um and yeah, just to try to share share our table with with more people. And and I think um yeah, it's really fun to get feedback. Like so what you're you know, the the poll that you Put out like i i think that's a really cool piece of creating videos on any social media platform is you get so much feedback in the comments and um it's great for you know new content ideas but also just to kind of see like what people are working on and what they're interested in mm -hmm. i was curious I go into the comments on gareth's videos all the time <laughs> yeah Definitely. yeah for sure is there a um is there an industry for, you know, I know you modeled yours after Miss XL. Is that true? Or, yeah, yeah. you know, I know she's got a very big following. Is there sort of like an industry for the B2B side of these social media platforms? Is there conferences? Is that like still very early stages? What do you think of, you know, using those platforms for this B2B stuff? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
there's have you guys heard of um gary vaynerchuk yeah so he's he's uh like the social media guru and he's like got you know if you get on there you'll you'll get hammered with his content if you if you search uh for him um but um he is like he's really smart and and very like focused on this whole like social media ecosystem and um, everywhere from, you know, consumer to business to business. And like, he now runs a, a firm that works for like very large companies, you know, like fortune 500 companies that are, that are doing marketing. Um, and he would say that all business marketing should be on social media now, basically. And that like all of the other kind of traditional forms of advertising will continue to shrink and social media will continue to be a larger portion of that. Um, and I, I, mostly I take his word for it. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, there's still a place for all these other ones, but it is like, I do like the idea of on social media where you're basically like, you can promote products by providing value to the person who's watching by giving them tips or even if it's just funny or entertaining, but that's kind of like, I think the cool thing about marketing through social media is you're, you're basically creating something that is, in, is just like inherently valuable to the person who's watching it. And then if they enjoy it, then they're more likely to like follow up or they learn something new and they want to keep learning from you or, or buy your product or whatever. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, excited to see where where this takes you. I imagine you never you didn't envision yourself in this position when you were starting your brewery. Definitely not. That's awesome. All right, we are gonna move on, and Julian, you're gonna walk us through some cool automation stuff. I will share your screen. There you go. Take it away. All right. So, um, so I talked about payroll before. Can you see this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't see you. So actually maybe I'll see if I can get you in the corner just so I can, so I know you're there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so my general theme, uh, I guess that I wanted to, you know, to tie these together with was in Airtable. Um, you don't have a way without using a script to kind of loop through records um, in different situations. And so I have two examples of how to get around that that are like on complete different ends of the spectrum. Um, So the first one is I mentioned before that uh, my farm business had our payroll system was was in Airtable. And so um, everyone submitted hours into the system. And one of my biggest challenges right off the bat was how to deal with pay periods. Um, because, and you know, anything with dates and times is inherently a little bit complicated, um, specifically pay periods. So we we were on a two week pay period. So it's, you know, a week is Sunday to Saturday and, um, it's two of those weeks. Um, and so you can't just write kind of an easy formula that says like the first of the month and the 15th of the month or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, because you can't 
you know, kind of loop through records or have kind of like a conditional, um, uh, like dynamically conditional roll up that can compare to a date. Like, so if someone is, um, you know, entering uh, their hours today, November 8th, um, how do you find out which pay period that's in and what, what the range is? And you can't just take, so this would be like a schedule for, you know, all of your different pay periods. Um, you can't just compare it to this and then have it spit out, have Airtable spit out an answer. So I, what I was doing initially was just having people like pick it from a list, pick the um, pay period from a list and to have like a, a, a view that was filtered so that it would only show like the current pay period, but they still had to click it. Um, but then eventually I figured out that you actually can write a pretty simple formula that does that will, if you give it any date, it will tell you the start of the pay period and the end of the pay period um, and the number of the pay period within the current year. Um, and all the formula needs to know is like the date of the first pay period. So like whatever back in time could be 20 years ago, um, the first one. Mm -hmm. um, any uh, or any any ideas of how you would do that? The mod function or dividing? Yeah, you calculate how many weeks it's been and then see what week you are in in the year and do all of, yeah, the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it's like that. So um, pay periods start, I can open this one up. Um, but basically, yeah, it takes like the number of days it's been since that first pay period to the, the current date and divides it by 14. And then you get a fractional number because it's like somewhere within that pay period. Um, mm -hmm. But then if you just round down, then you get a whole number. And then if you multiply that by 14, you get back to the start of that pay period. Um, so anyway, I got, I was really excited when I found this out because it made everything so much easier. Um, so sorry, go ahead. Oh, I said, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was, uh, the, my little trick in this. And then the pay period number, um, is also pretty similar, but, uh, the trick here was how to get the number within the current year. So. You're gonna have a you're gonna have generally 26 pay periods within a year, but they could start on the first or even as late as like the 13th. And so, how do you know like when the first one is? Um, and so, this it uses a similar calculation by dividing um, by basically finding the start of the current pay period for the whatever date you're calculating from, and then counting the number of days since the last day of the previous year and then doing the same calculation. So anyway, if anyone uh, is working with pay periods, this is useful and you could pretty easily adapt it to, you know, like a, a different number of days. Like if you're on a one week versus a two week, um, something like that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. All right. So that's that. All right. Um, sorry, Ali. I was just going to say it's a super creative solution because if it's like if it were just one week pay periods, you could use just, you know, week and year or whatever. But for having a two week pay period, that makes it super complicated. Right. So I, I really love your solution. That's awesome. 
Thanks. Of course. Um, okay, so going now in a completely opposite direction, um, one thing that, but still within the kind of looping theme, um, one thing that I think will be kind of like a really good indicator that the Airtable interfaces and just like the whole kind of Airtable mission is succeeding is when we can start to recreate basic SaaS products. And uh, so one that I think that I just recently started seeing like, oh, like we're not that far away from like basically creating this entirely in Airtable is email marketing. So like ConvertKit or, you know, there's a, there's a ton of different um, email marketing platforms that are pretty simple. They, um, and actually here, I'm just going to pull this out. Um, these are like the things that they do. They send email sequences. So like, that's like, if you, someone signs up, um, they get like a sequence of five pre-written emails that are spaced two days apart or something like that. Mm-hmm. Personalized email. So like, if you know their name saying, hi, Dan, hi, Allie, um, and then, you know, writing the rest of your email, um, creating landing pages um, and then like scheduling, you know, mass emails and deliverability. And so I, I checked off the boxes of things that you can currently do in Airtable and the ones that were like not quite there yet. Um, I think that the SendGrid integration is super cool and I wish you could automate that. Um, so hopefully they'll do that at some point. Um but the, so the email sequences is what I want to show here. Cause I kind of, I just worked out a way to do that. Um, just real quick, the landing pages, um, the way I would handle this. And I really want to do this at some point, but I haven't yet. Um, so do you guys use Webflow? Dabbled. No of it. Yeah. It's like a whole world to get into. So same thing. Like I've, I've used it. My site is in Webflow, but. I hired someone to do most of it. And, um, but one really cool thing about Webflow is that it has uh, this, it has a CMS backend. And so it does have databases and you can create basically like a landing page template. So it's like, you know, a basic thing that, you know, it's always going to have a picture at the top and then it's going to ask for someone's email and it has like a title. And so like a way that you could use this landing page template, uh, like the way that the way that I would use it would be like, so I create all these tutorials on YouTube for different kinds of things you can create in Airtable. And often I'll have a template that people can download in exchange for their email address. And so I want to create all these landing pages that are basically the same exact thing, but they have a different title and a different template. Mm-hmm. And um, so in Webflow, you can, basically just have a table that has like the list of all the titles and the URLs and it will automatically just generate all these pages. And um, because of the integrations between Webflow and Airtable, you could easily, uh, I think fairly easily set up um, an Airtable table and just create landing pages from your Airtable database um, automatically. you might need to use Make or or Zapier to, to connect them a couple of different ways. But anyway, so that's totally possible now. Um, and then the, the sequences, I'll just quickly kind of walk through how I set up the sequences. 
Um, so actually I need this so I can walk you. Sorry, I've got my list of, so, um, so the user would submit a form. So someone gets to the landing page and they enter their email address and you've got this table um, where the email emails come in and, uh, and then their name. And then um, you would have, so this would, you'd have the form uh, automatically pre-fill which sequence they're a part of. Um, and then the, the sign up date, or this could just be a date created field. Um, and then you can set up this formula here that just says the number of days that's been since they signed up, since they filled out the form and gave you their email address. And um, when you do that, then um, there's two other tables here. So there's a sequences table. And then, so this just has one sequence in it, the intro to Airtable. Um, and, and Dan, let me know if I'm going too long or how, how I'm doing on timing. Yeah, I got a couple more minutes. All right. Um, so, so here's your um, sequence and then the emails within the sequence will be here. So this is, we've got our one sequence that has three different emails that you want to send. And, and then you have this, uh, this field that says um, at how many days you send it. So you send one right off the bat, right when they submit um, the form, then you have one that you send three days later, and then you have one that you send six days later. So the question is, how do you get, um, how do you set up an automation that's going to email the right people um, the right number of days after they sign up? And so there's basically like two tricks to doing that um, in the way that I've set it up here. The first trick is to have this um, today field that just is a um, formula that just um, calculates the current day. And with this formula, you can set up an automation um, that will run when the record is updated. So when it changes from yesterday to today, um, it will fire the automation. And that just allows you to run um, a number of automations um, because you, know, you can't just say like, I want you to loop through all of the records in um, you know, wherever. Um, so that, that's just a way that can fire them all. And then the second thing, which I got from Scott um, when I was searching the, the community forum um, was the idea to do that was to then um, use a find records automation. So, so then you would go and find any records. Um, let's see here. That's, that's the next one here to update the um, to pull the email addresses. So you basically go in and you find any records where the days since the signup match the email, like number of days after that you want to send each email. So it'll basically, I don't think I explained it that well, but in the emails here, it's going to each email, it's going to search and say, okay, if any people who subscribed are linked to this email, so they're going to get this email at some point, um, if the send after X days matches uh, the days since sign up, 
then it's going to take their email address and put it into this field that says who to email today. Um, and then you basically just have a list of people to email this specific email to um, each day. Love it. Yeah, that's, that's a great trick. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love what you were saying, like, you know, seeing these SaaS solutions be built out in Airtable and perform at a similar level. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That's where, you know, when people really start using Airtable to replace all their SaaS solutions, that's, that's huge. <clears throat> yeah, I would like for email marketing, I would love to do that for myself just because like the thing that I don't like about like, so I use ConvertKit now, which is pretty good. I don't have a lot of complaints about it, but you don't, you can't do a lot with your data um, once you have it. And it just would be so much nicer to just have your whole list and you can tag people with whatever, you know, they're tagged with. And then you can just, I don't know, yeah. visualize your, your email list in so many better ways within Airtable system than like a, any kind of email marketing platform. Yep. Very okay. true. Awesome. Thank you, Julian, for sharing that. We will move on to the show. Just a quick shout out to our Built on Air community. If you are not in our community, we'd love to have you join. Go to builtonair.com slash join. That will get you into our Slack community where we have thousands of Airtable enthusiasts sharing ideas, helping each other. So we'd love to have you in there. It's free to join at builtonair.com slash join. And our final segment, we will learn about third-party, very popular app, Softer. Allie's going to walk us through a use case there. Awesome. Alex. Thank you. All right. So I've set up um, just a very, very simple template. I just grabbed literally a one-page template um, from Softer. Um, if you're, we can probably do a deeper dive into all of this, but um, with a software account, you can have multiple applications. I have a bunch called Untitled just because I've been playing with it a lot. <laughs> um, and then they also have some really, really cool templates to choose from. Um, highly recommend checking them out. So I'm going to pop into this one here. And I've already connected my API key, um, but there are videos out there on how to do that if you run into trouble. Um, and I think uh, just to keep things simple, I'm just going to walk through setting up um, an inventory page based on this base, which is a bunch of trucks, um, something I use often for an example. And I've set up just as a little helper to save time, a view that I know I'm going to need in software, which is just called units with pictures. Um, and I have it filtered down. Um, to only the units that I want. So this means status is available. We actually have pictures to show and then we don't need to worry about this filter. That's just something on the back end. Um, but now that I have that view, I'm just gonna pop in over to Softer. And over here at the uh, header here, you can only head edit the header while you're on the home page. just so everybody knows that's something I had to learn. Um, but the header will appear on every page as long as you have this option toggled on. Um, also, they have all sorts of features where 
when you get a template, you might have like several versions of this header and maybe I'll do a different demo another time talking about why that is and um, user roles and permissions in software because they're pretty powerful and getting more so. Um, but to start, I'm just gonna go and add a new page and I'm gonna call it inventory. And this is kind of cool. It shows you, you know, what the URL is actually going to be. And I'm gonna save that. And then actually I'm gonna go edit my header and make sure that this button here that I've got at the top there actually opens up that page that I just created. So I'm gonna choose open page and then choose inventory. So that's uh, pretty simple. It all auto saves too, which is really, really cool. Um, and then let's go look at the inventory page. So by default, it just comes with the header. Um, but I'm going to add a block. And so uh, software has two different block types. One's static and the other is dynamic. Static just means that these are things that are not going to change. They're um, always the same across all the pages. Like if I'm looking at the home page, this is a static block. Um, this is also a static block. But we're going to go and add a dynamic block because we want to pull in some Airtable data from it. So the list block is the one that we want here. You could also use a table if you wanted to, because that can look pretty nice. Um, but I like the list to go with for now, because it's got these nice, pretty colorful cards. Um, and I'm just going to pop one in. Let's just do this one. All right. So this is something that really confused me at first. I was like, where did all this data come from? I didn't understand like where, where these pictures were coming from. Um, but they're just showing you like what the full thing can look like and you can slowly replace each element or remove each element um, and replace it with your data. So I'm gonna go ahead and just grab the API key that I put in and then I'm gonna choose my base which is called NEK inventory. And I want the all current inventory table and that view units with pictures. So still, I was super confused. I was like, okay, shouldn't this maybe look different now? But it yeah. doesn't. Um, so if you go into the features and scroll down, this item fields here is the next step, at least what I would consider. So if I go here and actually go to this content section for each image, and put in pics. That's the name of my field. Now it's showing me actual photos. Um, pretty ugly though. <laughs> so you could go into the style and I can change this to, let's do contain if we want. Um, so it actually shows the full image. Also, I think I cannot, haven't verified yet if this is the first or last image in an attachment field. Um, I would expect it to be the first, but not, yeah. not sure. Um, so I can come back to that in a later time. But then as we go through each of these heading three, it's actually lining up with this heading here. And I could put this in as a field called description. So now it's actually going to show me, you know, some info from my records. 
Um, if I put text here, I don't necessarily need this one, so I could just hide it. Um, I'm gonna just hide the rest. Tags we don't need right now. Um, for the sake of time, I'm gonna go through the next step while ignoring this all categories and maybe I could do another one next week on getting more in depth with this. But this is a cool thing about softer. So right now, if I were to like preview this, nothing's gonna happen when I click on one of those um, cards there. You can see they're highlighting, but they're not clickable. So I want to make those clickable and actually lead to a page where I'm going to have more information about that unit. So I want to add another page and I'm just going to call it like inventory. Well, I can actually make this pretty details. And then if I'm on clicking on this block and looking at my options over here, I want to scroll down to this action section and I want this to say open page. And the page is gonna be inventory details. So then when I go over to inventory details, I need the counterpart to that list block, which is called the list details block. And this isn't super intuitive, um, but when I pop that in here, by virtue of me connecting that list block on the previous page to this page, it knows now that I also have to, you know, pick the right base. But so we can put that all together. Let's just flip the image to pics. And then I'll make the heading the same thing. And this is also going to be a little confusing because this is not respecting the same view that I filtered it to, but it will look nice if I click on one of those images. So now I've got all the pictures of that truck and I can see that is the one I clicked on. That's um, cool. Right, it makes it super, super powerful. There's a whole lot more we could get into, but I will save it for another time. But it's just amazing. In five minutes, you built a fully functional listing and detail page. <laughs> right? It's, they've made like leaps and bounds in the past like year. It's really, really cool. Loving what you can do with, with a lot of their tools. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a softer is like, I, I remember when it first launched and how far it's come, how fast they've developed so fast. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Ali, for sharing that. And that concludes our show for today. Thank you, Ali and Julian. Thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you online, Julian. That would be uh, Julian Post on YouTube or IXL with Airtable on TikTok. Awesome. We're excited to uh, see what you have in store and we'll have you back on in a future episode to get an update. Awesome. And with that, that concludes what we built on there today. Always excited to show you next week and we will see you then. Take care, everyone. Great to see you guys. Bye.
Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built On Air podcast.